Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Hello! Hello! How are we all doing? I hope we're having a lovely week. Yeah. Unless it's Monday. Oh, we've started the week fantastically. Yeah, hope it's not as cold as it is this week. I'm currently wrapped in a blanket like an old granny. You are, aren't you? I just tucked you in, haven't I? Tucked me in. feel yeah. like a mermaid. You look a bit like a mermaid. You can't see your hands either, I just realised. Yeah, because they're tweezing as well. I can't feel them. Do you know what? I'm going to tell them the story about the shower the other night. I was so cold the other night that um, I decided to have a shower to warm myself up. And my feet were that cold that... When I turned the shower on, I didn't realise how hot it was, and it touched my feet, and I was like, oh, that's nice and warm, and when I got out of the shower, it burnt my feet. <laughs> it looked like you got sunburned, it was horrific. It was so bad. Anyway, that's my cold feet story. Talking of feet, this oh, yeah. week... That smooth link from me there. I thought I did alright as well. Yeah. Transitioned okay. it in. Although we've now spoken over it, so it's not a good link, is it? <laughs> It was a smooth link. Went out 76,830 steps. We are nah. creeping closer to that cheese hamper. Aren't that we? cheese hamper is still time for Christmas. But Just unfortunately, saying. if we don't do it quickly, the cheese is going to go off. So you need to worry about it. Yeah, I've already bought the hamper, haven't we? Mm, so any chance, any chance you could do it soon so that we could send that cheese hamper. Send out. the moon to you. Or I'll eat the cheese, one or the other. Send you a bit of the moon. Mm. Yeah, lucky you lot. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. This so, week, what we're talking about this week, Jenka? Today, we are going to be talking about what's important for weight loss, which I feel like maybe we've started to cover mm-hmm. a little bit in previous podcasts because we've talked about the importance of calorie deficit. But today, we want to talk about the things that make it that little bit easier or the things we need to be aware of to help us to achieve that calorie deficit and make it happen. Yeah, because I think. You know, we've covered it in podcasts and I think if you've followed us on social media or anybody else in social media, we know there's this kind of theory of eating less and moving more and we all talk about it and how it, you know, it does work in theory. If you could just eat less and could just move more, you would lose weight. But the problem is, eating less and moving more is the result, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's the result of making other changes. So eating less and moving more isn't that simple. It's not a case of just saying, right, eat 1200 calories, do 10,000 steps and you'll lose weight. In theory, it seems really easy, that doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> in theory, if you ate 1200 calories and did 10,000 steps a day, you might. But the problem is, it's not as simple as just doing that. We've got to work out how to do that. Yeah, because you might be eating 2,000 calories and doing mm. 200 steps. Yeah. And therefore, that's really unachievable for you to get to that goal right now. So it's about how to make it that bit easier to reach that end goal. This is why it always baffles me when I see online coaches and PTs and just anyone in general saying, oh, I'll send you a bespoke calorie target and a, a weekly step target. And I'm like, well, that's it. That's what you're paying for that. You're paying for the result. That's like saying, I'll help you lose weight. You can do that by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> like anyone can do that. Like I genuinely would send you a, a free calculator to work out your calorie intake. Yeah. 
and just tell you to do 10,000 steps a day. They'll do that for free. Yeah. Like, that's not... That's not, that's not a service. That's not a coaching service. That's not helping anyone. No, the like, bits that we're going to be talking about today are the bits that we help clients with, basically. Yeah. It's almost it? like someone saying, oh, I want to lose weight. And we go, have you tried losing weight? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, we've tried harder. Like, we've tried moving more. We've tried eating less. Like, that's not help. So, yeah, today we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to delve more into these things in later podcasts because I think what we're going to do today is more kind of give an overview of the different Yeah, because I think if we tried to go deep into this, like, we're already waffling off as it is. So, this we're could going be to... Tr- Five hour podcast. We're going to try and be as yeah. concise as we can today. Yeah, so we're going to run through kind <laughs> of the. Yeah, well, we are already three, four minutes in. We say we're going to be concise. I reckon this will get to about an hour and be like, well, sorry. Um, but no, we'll try and keep it as. We want to give you a good overview so you can see the different things. And we want to talk today more about why they're important so that you can understand the different parts mm-hmm. that basically help you get into a calorie deficit. Yeah. And the goal is that, you know, you'll take something from a little bit of this podcast. For some of you, you might already be doing some of these things. Yeah, and I I can guarantee that some of the things you will be doing or some of the things you will be looking at. Yeah, that's a really important point, actually, because a lot of the time when clients come to us, we don't give them a complete overhaul of their life because they don't need one. No, no, no. It's looking at those areas, isn't it, where they need to pinpoint. And we, we try to really sort of, is it hone in the word? Hone in, Trying to hone in on what it is they need because when they come to us and they say, all right, I want to lose weight, I want to do X, Y, and Z, we're like, what is it you actually need to do to achieve this then? And we kind of go through all the things we're going to talk about today and work mm-hmm. out what you're already doing amazingly because there'll be things that you're smashing. Yes. And it's pointless us every single week trying to focus on things you're already doing really well. It's the other things that potentially you need to kind of push forward or get 1% better at mm-hmm. that we put strategies in place for. And this is why weight loss then happens for yeah. our clients. So what's and the first I think thing? I was just, just to say before we delve into I'm it, this, you on too far, sorry. <laughs> this is literally, we send out a question, don't we, before mm-hmm. we work with someone and it takes, we look at all of these different areas so that we can understand where you're at with all these areas and we can see the bits that you need to work on to kind of get you to that point. Yeah, we do it the other way around, don't we? A lot of coaches and a lot of different plans will already know what they're going to do for you. Mm-hmm before they even speak yes. to you. So like, we don't wanna to go too deep into this because we said we keep this you know, really concise, but there's a lot of plans you can sign up to before you even speak to anyone. So if you can go on someone's website and you can literally just pay for the plan, that's already been made. Yeah. You know. It should be the other way around, shouldn't it? Yeah, you should. Yes, there might be some kind of investment or payment, but they should listen to you first before they tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we've spoken about this in previous podcasts, but when we, actually set a client up with like an initial strategy or an initial plan we've probably already spoken to them at least three or four times mm-hmm. we've had three or four points of contact they've filled out different forms for us we literally know so much about that person before they even get started mm-hmm. which is why i think we're so successful with clients because we've got a really good idea of what it is they need to do rather than just kind of going oh just try this and see what happens like yeah. from the word go we start to tend we, do you to know what results. we actually had a conversation with this the other day and we said that's the part of the job that we love most isn't it oh, like getting to know it. a client and getting yeah. to like we love kind of delving into a client's life and really unpicking it and it's almost like um it's problem solving problem solving yeah. yeah and we said we love that we were like right so this is working really well this is doing really good and maybe this is where we need to start and we mm-hmm. love that bit of getting yeah to work with a new client don't we and really getting to know that person so that we can target the bits that they need to look at first absolutely so i think the first two we're going to kind of brush brush over over. yeah because um there's a full 30 minute podcast on each one (laughs) yeah i think 
I'll just kind of group them into two. It's movement and, well, I'll let you say a bit too because I'll end up waffling on for ages. So movement, we talked about this in episode one of the podcast. If you've not listened to it, go back and listen to it. It, This is not just about the exercise. This is talking about your daily movement and creating and building those habits within your life so that you are leading an active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is calories, and we talked about this in episode two. So it's understanding foods, calories within foods, and generally just building your knowledge about what it is you're currently doing with food so that you can then make some changes to them. So as Jen said, movement and calories, they're the two big ones. They're they're almost, the way I like to describe it, is they're kind of like the top two things that we need to make a change to. But if all we do is focus on changing them two things, Mm -hmm. we'll never change them. Whereas if we focus on the rest of the things that we're almost going to drop down and talk about now, calories and movement will change without you having that as your main focus. These are like the hidden bits, aren't they? Yeah, these are the bits that people don't really talk about, but need to. Yeah. So, um, first one, sleep massively underrated i've actually been working with a client for about six weeks now and i think the first three weeks were spent on um working on her sleep routine and getting a consistent sleep routine um because she uh, works in a restaurant so she's kind of up till late and she was kind of coming in and spending two or three hours before she was able to get to sleep so for her it was more about building a routine that allowed her to get in relax and sleep um, so that she was ready for her next day and that has set her such a solid foundation now moving forward that it's actually made it easier to tackle other things because the problem is when you've got sleep deprivation it alters certain hunger hormones now Phil do you want to touch on the leptins and the ghrelins yeah so the easiest way to explain it is you've got hormones that make you feel hungrier and you've got hormones that make you feel full now, when you are deprived of sleep, the hormone that makes you basically feel hungrier, you have you, you create more of that within the body. That hormone increases. And the hormone that makes you feel full, you have less of that, which means that when you are deprived of sleep, you're in a position where you're not only feeling hungrier, but you're also feeling less full. And I know they kind of sound like the opposite of each other. So hopefully that kind of made sense. But basically what happens is you crave more food, you want more food, and you generally, because of the hormones that you are... Um, the the hormonal changes that happen it tends to be things like carbohydrates and sugars yeah. that you crave now these providers with a very quick spike in energy mm-hmm. and they they basically don't help us feel full for longer now you add on to that a reduction in a hormone that helps you uh, feel fuller you're now in a position that not only are you craving food you're craving foods that don't help you feel full for long and you have a reduction in a hormone that helps you feel full which is why we end up in a position where we always feel hungry. And you've probably said it yourself, things like, oh, my stomach just feels like a bottomless pit. Like, I mm-hmm. just can't fill myself. And honestly, you know, if if that's why, it's probably down to something to do with your sleep. Yeah, I think it's massively, massively underrated bit because you have, I did it the other day, didn't I? We've been really consistent with our sleep routine. We tried to kick to keep it consistent across the weekend which is our downfall and I've noticed a massive difference since doing that but we had a really bad night's sleep the night and instantly like I could see a whole shift in my kind of eating habits that day I was craving more sweet foods uh, I was wanting those carbohydrates I would eat them I'd get that quick spike in energy but it'd drop again and I felt hungry really quickly and it's really important to kind of get on top of that sleep and there's also an area of our brain that's associated with reward that actually becomes more active when we have that sleep deprivation. 
So we're actually more motivated to seek out those sweet foods and crisp and things like that and the, the curvy, high-carb foods that have got mm. that sugar in there. Basically, decisions get really hard because you can't be bothered. I think that's like, sometimes the basic yeah. topic as well, isn't it? Like when Think back to the last time you was tired and the decisions that you made. And you've probably maybe even said to yourself in the past, like, oh, I must have made that decision when I was knackered. Or I must have done that when I was tired. We do, we basically make, as humans, it's a fact. We make worse decisions when we're tired, don't yeah. we? Like, and I think it's really important for any mums that are listening right now to kind of accept that sleep deprivation is something that is a part of your life right now. It's not going to be like that forever, but it's not something you can control. So you are probably going to be coming up a lot more of these hurdles. And it's about putting strategies in place to be aware of that but manage that the best that you can because as a parent you can't really avoid that sleep deprivation when you've got young children so it comes to more of like the acceptance of it and the strategies that you put in place around that then it's reactive isn't it yeah yeah. it's just understanding it's going to happen but not letting it control you and not letting it control you during the moment either because realistically you might have that sleep deprivation for let's say the first couple of years maybe i don't know two to three maybe four years with a child because obviously they're getting used to being alive, <laughs> understanding when to get up and, you know, obviously waking up in the middle of the night. There's a lot going on, but the problem is two to three years is a long time to develop a habit. So you might then build up the habit of sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. You then spend the next 15 years being sleep deprived because you've spent the first two to three years of your child being alive, basically depriving you of sleep. Mm-hmm. And what happens if you have a second and a third and a fourth child is that you're in the cycle of doing it. And I think... A lot of people, especially that I've spoken to in the past, have said things like, oh, no, Phil, I'm just I'm just a tired person. I'm just always tired. I always have been. I'm going to look back and say, yeah, but have you always had the same habits? Have you always had the same routines? And they always say, yeah. I'm like, well, that's why you've always been tired then. You've always done the same things, haven't you? At risk of going a little bit, carrying on here as well, I think I speak to a lot of people who say, yeah, I sleep fine. Like, get good seven to eight hours, but what's that quality of sleep like? I think that's another one. I think some people can think they're sleeping fine, but actually the quality of sleep isn't great. That's for another podcast though, but just something to think about. It's like trying to use your phone on 0%, isn't it? Yeah. You always put your phone on charge at night, so you need to put yourself on charge at night as well. Yeah, I'll that. Thanks. Now, another thing we want to move into, the second thing that we're going to talk about is hydration. And hydration is one of those things where it's a really difficult thing to increase speaking from experience general i will tell you all about the fact that i didn't drink water did i mm-hmm. up until recently like i used to shout at him all the time because i'm a natural fish yeah jen can drink three liters of water before anyone else is out of bed like, mm-hmm. it's oh it's scary like jen just puts water away and she can down drinks fast as well like i down a drink and then i put it down on the table and it's like none of it's gone <laughs> yeah I'm, that's so true i'm the worst like <laughs> Without trying to get like sexist, you know, lads are supposed to be like really good at like downing pints. Like, it's like a, it seems like a laddie thing, isn't it? You probably down a pint. I can't. Like, I physically <laughs> can't. Like, I take 25 gulps Nothing's and bad. the head of the pint's gone. Like, that's it. Like, there's still a full pint nearly there. I remember my birthday when it was my 21st and they were making me down pints. I was like, and they were like calling me out. I'm like, no, lads, you don't understand. I can't do it. It's not that I'm not trying. I physically can't get this liquid into my body. For whatever reason, I just have, I've got a tiny throat is my excuse. Not true. I just can't do it. Um, Jess, I'm going to talk about Jess Berry again because she loves loves the seventeenth time on this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> she's funny because she physically can't hold a liquid in her stomach. Like I remember when we were at uni and she she was like, I don't know where you put all of that fluid because like I 
can't physically fit anymore into yeah, my body. Nowhere else to put it. It's mental. Um, so hydration is something I struggled with years and years and years. Now I'm, I'm a proper brew drinker. I, I mm. love drinking a brew. It's always on my mind. I'll always think to get a brew. Whereas Jen doesn't. Jen will just have a bottle of water with it at always. all times. Um, I think what, that's a habit from teaching because I talk a lot. Yeah, I have a sense. lot of water with me. Um, and mine's probably a PT habit where I'm on the gym floor a lot, so I don't have a bottle with me because I'm with a client. And I remember I used to try and do that. I used to leave a bottle everywhere. The amount of times that my bottle would just go missing because I'd leave it next to a machine and then just walk off was horrific. Now, with hydration, there's a couple of different things we want to talk about. The first one is something that you... It's not really something that you can control as such, but the second one definitely is. So the first one is about holding on to water. And holding on to water can be quite painful, actually. You probably felt that bloated feeling within your stomach, mm. and it's not very really nice, and it just feels, you know, your jeans feel a bit tighter, and things feel a bit more uncomfortable. Now, what a lot of people try to do when they're feeling bloated is not drink water, because they think, oh, if I put more into my body, I'm just going to get more and more bloated. But what we've got to remember is our bodies respond to what we're doing. Generally, our actions trigger a response so if we're not drinking water our body's natural response is basically to think well i'm gonna hold on to it i'm gonna keep it i'm not gonna let any of it go because i want one yeah i need this water my my, uh, belly is american apparently yeah apparently so your your belly's bad at american accents basically (laughs) no it's quite good I only say it because Jen's good at accents and I'm terrible. We've been through this. I feel bad about being rubbish at accents. I just want to be good at them. Right. Well, you're good at Scottish accents. Thank you. Um, and so our bodies, as Jen just described perfectly in an American accent, they want to hold on to it because they don't think any more is coming. So it's like, all right, well, if I'm not getting any more water, I'm just going to hold on to what I've got. Your response needs to be the opposite. Give your body water. You need to provide your body with water in order for your body to go, right, okay, I'm going to get some. Like, yeah. water's coming in. Everything's fine, everything's working, I can continue to release this water. And you will feel naturally that that bloating tends to reduce. Mm-hmm. Now, this that's kind of like short term. When we look at long term strategies, water in itself can help you feel fuller. And one of the one brilliant strategy if you're someone who struggles to feel full after a meal is to have a pint of water with your meal because you're then putting more things into your body. So if well, something else to mention quickly as well is generally you might not know the difference between hunger and thirst. I think a good tip with that that I read recently I really like is if you're feeling hungry but your lips are dry, it might mm. be that you're thirsty. So, like, check your lips. If your lips are dry, you it's probably, probably need some water. Yeah. <laughs> and it, another thing to do as well to take it, make it even more simple sometimes is just have the water anyway. Have a pint yeah. of water because it's not bad. You can't really drink too much, mm-hmm. can you? So, I, I've said to clients in the past, if you are feeling hungry... And it's at a point in the day where you're not supposed to have a meal. Not not supposed, that sounds really restrictive. Let's say it's like 10 o'clock and you've had your breakfast, your dinner's in a couple of hours and you're feeling quite hungry. You might be thirsty. Yeah. Have a think back, when was the last time you had a drink? Was it at 7am this morning? If you've gone three hours without putting liquid into your body, you're probably thirsty. Grab yourself a pint of water, have a drink and see how you feel after that. And you're if still you, hungry. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but... It is that lack of hydration that can have a huge impact on your journey and it can basically, it can hinder, you know, your chances of losing weight, can't it? Because mm-hmm. you are just eating because you're thirsty, which yeah. is a, a weird concept, but it does happen. Yeah, it is. Um, next one, I think is a really big one and you'll know that we're massive on this if you've seen either of our Instagrams, is mental health. So regardless of whether you've been diagnosed with a mental health problem or whether you are just suffering from poor well-being because maybe you're suffering from a bit of stress or you're not looking after yourself or taking time for yourself 
this one's relevant to everyone because we live in an age now where we don't really look after put that kind of time and effort into looking after ourselves or doing things for ourselves it's kind of our last thought so I think regardless like I say whether you've been diagnosed with a mental health problem or not your well-being is still ridiculously important and I think looking after ourselves physically is much easier when you're looking after yourself mentally too because if we're feeling in a happier and positive more positive place then it's easy to make decisions because you're looking after yourself Mm. and they they come as a two um if you're kind of particularly with things like stress and low mood and anxiety like these if you if you do suffer quite a lot from these particularly it can have an impact or it does have an impact on our decision making it, it does and it's about kind of looking to have a toolbox of strategies in place when it comes to these ones so that food isn't your only coping mechanism because i think particularly with stress in the lives that we lead these days regardless of whether that's kind of chronic stress or just stress of your day-to-day activities building up because stress is cumulative so it does build up even the things that are deemed as like good stress like training um it all builds up and adds up and it does have a massive impact on our bodies and our decisions and if you've not got any other strategies in place and you're reaching for things like wine and chocolate etc to kind of deal with that it is going to have an impact on your health long term so I think it's really important to look at your decision making around your mental health and well-being as well to make sure that one you're looking after yourself and two you've got some tools in your toolbox for helping deal with those bad days and I think one thing that we work on with clients is having like a rating system particularly those who have been diagnosed with mental health problems having like a rating system for the day and like one being a good day they feel like they can achieve everything two being maybe I just need to take a little step back and three being I need to revert to some other goals here because this is a really bad day for me and having those strategies in place can be really helpful for that and what one of the most important things Jen said then as well not that it wasn't all important but one thing that's really important to take in is you don't have to have or have been diagnosed with poor mental health to have poor well-being you you don't have to have a diagnosis to become stressed. You don't have to have a diagnosis to be not looking after yourself. And we're all responsible for our own mental health as well as being responsible for our own physical health. And I think a lot of us, myself included, we're all guilty of overlooking certain feelings because we just think, well, it'll be okay. So things like stress, when we have bouts of stress, it's very easy to kind of think, well, everything will be all right. But when we look back, if this is happening on a daily, a weekly, monthly basis, and our reaction, as Jen mentioned, is food, that's an area you need to have a look at. And I think for some people, it can feel quite demotivating to think that they might get diagnosed with something that is a men- you know, mm-hmm. having a poor mental health. And I appreciate that that can be a difficult thing to sort of accept. But what we need to remember is you're probably not being diagnosed with anything. You might just be in a position where you're not dealing with stress in a in a proactive way. Yourself. Yeah, you're just not looking after yourself, and it isn't always going to be a diagnosis of having a poor mental health. It might just be that you are stressed, and if that's the case, that's okay because every problem in life has a solution. 
but you need to be both proactive and reactive with it. And it's not good enough. I'll be 100% honest and blunt. It's not good enough to just say every single day, I'm just really stressed. No, it's not. It isn't because you get one go at this. And if you're going to spend 67 to 80 years being stressed, that's not beneficial for your own physical and mental health. You don't get another go. You don't get a second chance to think, right, well, on this next life, I'll just be less stressed. This is your opportunity that you've got right now. Right now, if you're out on a walk listening to this podcast, you're doing the best thing you could possibly do. You've made such a positive decision for your health to take in some information, to learn, to move physically, to get some fresh air. All these things are massive positive things that you want to take as a big, huge positive thing. And what you're doing right now might just be one of the strategies for reacting to a stressful situation. You might get to a point where something happens in the day, your boss has just sent you an email that you hate. If your reaction is to then go and ring a client to shout at them, that's not benefiting anyone. Because then your next reaction is probably to go downstairs and grab some food out of the cupboard. Mm -hmm. When you get that email next time, all I want you to do is just walk out the house and put a podcast on for 10 minutes. Allow yourself to to relax into the moment. Come back into life, basically. Mm -hmm. I think this is speaking from myself, who's actually suffered from chronic stress to the point where I've had time off work and got to the point where I quit my job as a teacher. So, like... If anyone knows about looking after yourself and the impacts that stress can have over a long period of time, it built and built and built and built for me until it got to a point where I wasn't coping mm-hmm. and my quality of life had significantly reduced because of it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go too dim, deep into it, like I say, because I think we could, we'll probably do a whole podcast on this at some mm-hmm. point, but don't take for granted the fact that if you are constantly feeling stressed the impacts over a long period of time if you do not do something about that can be detrimental to your health no, and on that no. note let's move on to something a little bit more like hard <laughs> i know that's pretty deep but as jen said we we do want to do a little bit more into this on mental health and i think we've spoken about obviously having amy on board and mm-hmm. stuff like that to really help so um, we will go a lot deeper into that, but if that is something that you want to have a chat about, then obviously just reach out to one of us. Yeah. But, as I mentioned, moving into something a little bit more lighthearted. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about is protein, don't yes. we? Now, protein is one of those topics that when we speak like about it... word at the minute. Yeah. Pro- <laughs> oh, it's got protein in it. Oh, protein Weetabix, protein balls, protein yeah. everything. You um, you put the word protein on a packet and you can charge an extra quick time. <laughs> yeah. It's mental. Um, and the other thing as well with protein is there's this idea that it's like for bodybuilders. So it's like, it's either a buzzword or it's just for bodybuilders. And I think we build it up to be something it's not. It's just, it's just like carbs or They're fats. good for keeping you full, though, it? does. It? it helps you feel fuller. But what we need to remind ourselves that it, it's just in food. It's mm-hmm. nothing special. It's nothing different. Because I think because you can get protein in a bag and it's powder and you mix it with milk, it's seen as this like really weird thing. But what we don't know is you can do the same with carbs and fats as well. You can't actually buy them in a powdered form that you have as a drink. It's just that nobody's trying to increase the carbs and fats, so they don't really sell out very well. Mm. Whereas protein is something that we should be looking to improve and can be really beneficial for your weight loss journey. I have no doubt that if you're listening to this right now and you've struggled to lose weight in the past, it's because you couldn't fill yourself. You felt hungry all the time. And I have no doubt as well that there is many different reasons why that happened, but about one of them is that your protein intake was pretty low. Yeah, because you try and... Sorry to interrupt, but I think the the trap that people fall into is they try and reduce the calories but aren't making a conscious effort to eat enough protein and therefore you're left feeling hungry quite a lot and if, if you're on a 
if you are reducing your calories and you're eating a lot less there is a big difference in if you're because you do have to be kind of actively increasing your protein don't you it's not something that you naturally probably it's not as fun get in your diet not many protein sources are fun so yeah. it can be quite difficult to increase it and when you you know we send out obviously like ideas to clients and stuff when you look through it it's not like all the it's not donuts and pizzas it's chicken and it's meats yeah, usually it's generally meats and it's things that are we should prioritise within our diet because if we do it'll make weight loss ten times easier. Um, and there's many different reasons why we should, you know, increase protein things like holding on to muscle mass, general health, but for feelings of fullness, it's the best, one of the best things you can ever do. Yeah, and if you're a veggie or a vegan, even more so important because you're not eating any animal products and that tends to be where a lot of your protein source comes from. So mm. if you're a veggie or a vegan and you're feeling empty constantly which i feel like a lot of people come to me feeling that way it'll be because of the lack of protein in your diet so it's important to look for veggie and vegan sources of protein um i have got a list if anyone wants it just drop me a dm and i'll send it across to you but it's really really important to be consciously eating protein even more so when you're veggie or vegan. If you want a good starting point as well, what I would say is generally don't give yourself a daily target of protein because it, it can be quite overwhelming. Yeah. Um, a, there's a lot of different data around there of how much you should have. And to keep it very, very simple, I generally say to clients, you need about a pound per gram of body weight. It's more complicated than that. It genuinely is. But, a gram per pound of body weight? Yeah. You said a pound per gram of body weight? Yeah, you could do it the way around as well. <laughs> That'd be a lot of protein. <laughs> That'd be a sip. I was like, wait, did you say that wrong or did you say that right? I think you said that wrong. I Under think pressure. you said it the wrong way around. <laughs> yes, definitely. Or you can go with two grams per kilo body weight. And again, it's more complicated than both of those things. It is definitely different to the exact number that that is. But that gives you a bit of a guide. However, if, for example, you weigh, I don't know, 85 kilos, that means that your target's 170 grams. And if right now your intake is 24, that's a big jump. So instead of trying to go from 24 to 170, one of the best things you do as a start as a starting point is just to look through your daily meals right now and work out which ones haven't you got any protein in yeah. and look to add some protein in. And like me and Jen have said, we can go really deep into this so we won't, but that can be a very good starting point rather than aiming for that 170. Just look to have some protein in each I meal. I think that's probably a really good starting point in just doing one meal at a time because... Yeah. That's how I tend to do it with clients because it is quite overwhelming and it is difficult and you do have to put conscious effort in, but you just build it up over time. And now, like I used to struggle and now I just kind of hit my goal without it thinking happens. about it. Now you just create a new habit and that's what it is. Uh, and then the last one um, is hunger and actually listening to hunger signals and understanding what hunger actually feels like for you. Like, Has anyone actually ever sat and questioned what what does it feel like to be hunger like? How does it always feel like to be hunger? <laughs> Sometimes like I feel like I am hunger. Yeah. Um, what's it feel like in your head? What does it feel like? Like what are you thinking? What does it feel like um in your body? What like physical feelings can you feel? Um, and understanding that, but also knowing that if you are in a deficit, you are going to experience some feelings of hunger because you are not providing your body with enough energy that it actually needs because you are in an energy deficit, like accepting that a little bit like i'm not going to go into this too much but 
I genuinely used to be scared of being hungry. Like I would actually be fearful of hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would eat just because I was. I knew I wouldn't be getting food for hours, and I was scared that I would get hungry rather than just like waiting it out and seeing if I did get hungry. A lot of PTs and coaches I've seen try and get clients off the back of that, and it pains me to read it when they talk about like you shouldn't feel hungry when you're losing weight, and they're saying it so that you feel bad and you feel like you're doing something wrong. If you're in a deficit, there's going to be periods of hunger. Like you're going to feel a bit hungry. You shouldn't be in excruciating pain that you're that no. hungry. Like it shouldn't be that. But there will be signals throughout the day that goes, yeah, I'm feeling a bit hungry right now. And it's like Jen said, it's the response that you give to that. It's not. Yeah. It's not trying to avoid it. And all the you know a lot of the things we've spoken about today, things like protein and hydration, are great ways to reduce that. But it won't eliminate it completely. Don't feel like you're going to be in a deficit and you're just constantly going to feel full for 24 hours of the day. You know, it's important, like Jen says, to know that you're probably going to feel a bit hungry at some times. Like, it might get to 10, 11 o'clock and you're feeling a bit hungry. And that's where we delve a bit deeper and go, why are you feeling hungry? Yeah. Are you stressed? Are you not hydrating your body? Have you not had a big enough breakfast? Are you not eating enough protein in your breakfast? Like, there'll be other reasons, mm. but it doesn't mean that you're going to feel like you're going to burst 24-7. Like, that's yeah. not what protein and hydration no. are going to do. They're just going to ease the actual journey so that when you get to a point where you want to maintain or you increase your calories back up or you go on some kind of break from being in a deficit it's so much easier to manage and achieve isn't it and that's what it's about it's about achieving it and managing it and not feeling like you are empty all the time yeah exactly so should we recap quickly because we ran through a lot though just a few things that we mentioned well let me up about it because people might be losing interest now well i hope they're not because on the spot's coming up next so we mentioned quickly movement and calories which you can hear about in the episodes one and two Sleep deprivation, which can have a huge impact on your decision-making and your hormones. Hydration, which can basically mean that you hold on to more water or you might be mistaking a hunger signal for, sorry, a thirst signal for a hunger, hunger, hunger signal. <laughs> I, I, I still didn't get it right, a hunger signal. It's difficult to say that, isn't it? Hugner. Hugner. I sell hugner sig, sig, signal. No. Go on, Phil. Uh, you should have done the recap. Mental health can have a massive impact in many, many different ways. Like decision making, our stress, moods, etc., etc. Generally, just not looking after yourself. Protein can help you feel fuller for longer. And hunger signals. <laughs> hunger signals. Uh, understanding what hunger feels like and knowing that if you're in a deficit, there will be some levels of hunger. <laughs> Why is hunger so hard to say? <laughs> Why is it so difficult? Oh, oh, gosh. I hope the on the spot question isn't say hunger because I have no chance. Oh. Right, okay. I've got a question for you this week. What's the most difficult word to say? <laughs> um, this one is from Kira. She mm. sent this one in, in my question box on Instagram. Which Kira? Kira. Kira, Kira. yeah. Oh. She said, what is your earliest childhood memory? Oof. Big question, that. That is a big question. You know what I sometimes get confused with when it comes to childhood? Is that a memory or is that a picture that I just saw of my childhood? Oh, that's confused things even more now. And honestly, I I get so lost in that thought sometimes, like, thinking about, is it just that I remember a picture of that occasion or do I actually remember that specific event? It baffles me on a day-to-day basis. Not on a day-to-day basis, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. How often do you think about this? It's a weird thing to think about every single day. Oh, my earliest childhood memory. Probably something to do with playing football, let's be honest. I was thinking more about primary school, to be honest. Oh, that yeah. happened in primary, yeah. 
I remember the World Cup being on. I, remember, I can't remember what year that would have been, though, and I just remember the whole school coming together to watch... Um, on the wheel in TV. It is football late, sorry, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be. I just remember, though, years and years and years and years ago when we was in primary and they wheeled in a big TV oh, into the hall, and we all went to school early because England were playing Brazil, and we all had breakfast and we all got served toast. Um, and I just remember going in and getting beat by Brazil and being devastated, even though I didn't really understand football back then. But I knew I should have been gutted. I remember that. I also remember not wearing glasses in primary school. I told you this, haven't I? Oh my goodness, I love this story. Tell me, did the bit with your mum? Yeah. <laughs> so I used to, when I was younger, I had to wear glasses when in primary school, but I used to, I don't actually remember hating wearing If you've ever seen, I've really, when this podcast goes out, we need to post a picture of you as a child because, yeah. like, it is insane. I've never known someone as a child. Like I think Phil was replaced at some point in his life. 100%. Like, child Phil and adult Phil, like, I can't even see the link. I don't look the same. Like, it doesn't look like me as a it's child. It's so weird. I've got, got, like, a really round head, full head of hair, no beard, obviously. But it just doesn't look like me. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah, I'm telling but, the last story now. Um, Sorry, I, I think... No, it's a good interruption. I, I assume I just didn't like wearing my glasses. I don't remember this, so this isn't a childhood memory. But um, I was told that I used to pretend that I wore them. So what I would do is I would wear them when I left the house and then I'd take them off at some point throughout the day and I wouldn't wear them at all. And then what I'd do is as I was walking home, um, I'd, put, I'd get them out of my bag and put them on and then walk into the house, someone would be like, oh, have you had your glasses on all day? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, all right. And then little did I know that she used to stand in the bedroom window and watch me walking down the path, put taking them out of my bag and putting them on so she knew that I was lying to her basically I was telling a complete lie little lying child Phil and I never used to wear them what? to be fair the amount of kids in class that used to get up with glasses and I was like wear your glasses and they'd be like oh uh, don't need them anymore and I'm like they're definitely in their bag oh, 100% <laughs> I don't know why I didn't like wearing them because I think they look pretty cool now yeah I'd wear a pair of glasses. Proper milk bottle glasses, weren't they? Proper Harry Potter glasses, yeah. weren't they? <laughs> oh, my last book of Harry Potter, Anna. Every time I think of Harry Potter, it disappoints me that I've got no more books to read after this well, one. Well, you've still got one left, so savour it while you've got it. I've only got two thirds left. Oh. It's killing me. I've been so jealous that you've been reading it for the first time. Also, a little bit angry that it's taken you this long, but. I'm a slow reader. No, I mean to in, oh, to in your life. Call me out for reading this lot. I've read all the books this year, I've done that. Yeah, I feel like you need to finish it before December so you can see say that twenty twenty was the year that you uh, started Harry Potter. There's a big crack in the ceiling. Is that roof gonna fall in? I hope not. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. Okay. That's just, Excellent. Um, just to clarify everyone, our roof isn't going to fall in. Fingers crossed, don't know. Should we set it up rapid? <laughs> yeah. Right, so firstly, I just feel like I want to say thank you again to everyone who's been downloading the podcast. Oh, we love it! Like, we do it's get so, a buzz off it. You're all fantastic. Yeah, we honestly, it really means a lot. So and cheesy, thank you it? so much to those people who've screenshotted them listening to it and put it on the stories and tagged us. That really means a lot as well. Um, yeah, it's fantastic when you do that. It's really nice to spread the word, spread the message. And what yeah. you've got to remember is it isn't just helping us, you're helping someone else as well. Yes, because there'll be someone who doesn't know something that we've spoken about they'll go and listen to it and it might change their life yeah something that might be even if there's something that you think someone needs to hear in one of these episodes maybe just suggest they listen to it please spread some love and give help someone else yes that that was a nice pause Mm, other than that have a fantastic yeah don't worry the podcast didn't go off i was just taking a drink and jenna finished speaking (laughs) um have a lovely week 
Yes. Enjoy yourself. When's this going out? Monday. What day will that be? About the 11th or 12th? Um, no, 12th. 14th. 14th. 11 days till Christmas. Hey, 14th. And then at 7 to 14, 21. it's 21. Mm. So the next one will go out 21. Mm. And then the next one will go out... In between. Are we going to do this for like the next six months? Or are we going <laughs> <laughs> to... It comes out every Monday. It's right. not difficult. Okay. Oh, I've just realised. It's alright because we're only 39 minutes in so I can mention this what? and it's fine to waffle a little bit at this point. People you didn't do a song with the number 8 in it. <gasps> Is it episode 8? 9. Episode 9. Oh, I asked one. 369, damn your fan. <laughs> Isn't it damn she's fan? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen's terrible. Get low, get low, get low. To the window. Window, to the wall. To, to the, the sweat drops down your... See you See next you later. week. <laughs> make sure to hit the link in the podcast notes to update us on how many steps you've done on today's walk whilst listening to us two jabber on each week we'll update you on the total number of steps you fantastic listeners have done and if you haven't already please don't forget to like the podcast rate the podcast subscribe to the podcast and anything else you can do to the podcast that makes us all really great